With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to HuskerOnline.com, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And we're back here on the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, I'm actually on location at the Rivals.com convention. We're here in Atlanta at the lovely W property and got an old friend with me. I thought it'd be fun to catch up with Tom Deanhart, formerly of Rivals National, Sporting News, the Big Ten Network, now with Golden Black, um, the authority on Purdue. Tom, um, it's great to have you here back with Rivals again, first of all. Oh, it's great, Sean. It's great to see people like you again. A lot of old friends, a lot of familiar faces having a good time here in Atlanta. We just walked over to Georgia Tech, beautiful campus, and we're one day closer to the start of the 2019 college football season, so that's a good thing. Yeah, we had a good walk. We stopped over and checked out Bobby Dodd Stadium. It was a Sunday, though. The campus was a little slow, but got a, got about a three-and-a-half-mile walk in walking around the campus and facilities of Georgia Tech. A lot of fun. A beautiful little campus tucked right off I-85 in the heart of Atlanta. Walked by the iconic Varsity restaurant i'm sure some listeners in the area even in nebraska have heard of the varsity so yeah it's a fun town it's a neat little campus well tom let's talk about you know you made the move from a national guy now covering purdue what's the biggest difference i know this will be your second full-time year around purdue athletics has it been a big change going from national to being strictly focused on one team well it's you know you got one singular focus which which uh keeps the, the keeps things a little simpler and for me sean of course um Purdue's right in my bailiwick, um, uh, a school close to my heart. I went to Purdue. My mom and dad, you know, worked at the university. I grew up in West Lafayette, so I'm familiar with all the administrators, the football coaches, the personnel, the history, the program, et cetera. So in that sense, it's a lot of fun, honestly, um, uh, to be back involved and ensconced deeply with Purdue. And as you know, and as the Nebraska fans know, it's a good time for Purdue football, period. Jeff Brom has the program on the rise. A big win last year in Lincoln. Of course, this year, the Huskers come to ross Stadium. Could be a big game. Yeah, and, and you've been around Brom and kind of you get a behind-the-scenes look because you worked for Purdue's athletic department before this position. Yeah. I mean, what is it about him that's just made it work there so quickly? I think personality-wise, first, he's a lot like Scott Frost. You always hear the word competitor, and these guys are both ex-quarterbacks highly competitive individuals um and i think he's changed the culture because of that uh demands you to do your job and to do it right and do it right all the time uh, and offensively i think what he brings to the table from a playbook standpoint a lot like scott frost two similar coaches offensive coaches former cornerbacks and i think we've seen just in two years sean the purdue offense becomes something special and to think that he's doing it without players that he recruited is exciting and has fans thinking what happens when Brom has a roster filled with his players. Yeah, it's funny you compare him to Scott Frost. I know after they got a chance to spend some time together this year and play each other one time, um, I, I've heard just from mutual multiple people that Frost has as much respect for Jeff Brom as any coach. And they, the Nebraska staff said Purdue's team, as far as how they coached up players, 
they were the best coach team on the schedule last year for Nebraska. Yeah, I think a, a lot of coaches realized that. You know, Purdue went through about a 10-year malaise after uh, Joe Tiller stepped down with Danny Hope and Daryl Hazel. And, uh, again, they fell off the map. And uh, Jeff Brom, to bring him back this quickly, I think, has a lot of people excited. And uh, like you said, Sean, a much better product on the field. And look at the coaches in the Big Ten West now. Frost, Brom, I mean, P.J. Fleck, say what you will. I think he's a pretty good coach. Um, Pat Fitzgerald, uh, Kirk Ferentz, uh, Paul Christ. I mean, it's, it's a division. I know the Big Ten East always gets the accolades, but the Big Ten West has some real coaching chops. Yeah, I think you look at the, the Big Ten now overall, Tom. Um, Nebraska, there's been four major publications. Mm-hmm. Athlon, Phil Still, and Street and Smith have picked Nebraska. One publication <laughs> that may or may not have been written by Tom Deanhart did not pick Nebraska. And, and you know, it's, it's almost surprising, to be honest, that Nebraska is the favorite in three out of the four. You picked Wisconsin, Iowa, then Nebraska, I think, and Lindy. So you, you did yeah. the official Big Ten. Give us your thoughts on the West and were you surprised that the other three major ones all went Nebraska? Not really, Sean. I mean, um, when I was having to come up with an order of finish, it was, it was a vexing proposition. Who do you pick? I mean, you can make a case for all three of those teams to win the Big Ten West, Wisconsin, Iowa, Nebraska. Minnesota is getting a lot of love, too. I like their schedule. Yeah, and you look, look at the personnel coming back, too. A lot of veteran talent there for P.J. Fleck. So uh, you can maybe even throw them in the mix. So – I, I guess I fell back on Iowa. I like Nate Stanley. I like Kirk Ferentz. Um, uh, defensively, I know the secondary is going to be good. They have some good edge rushers. Uh, and, again, Iowa's a team, um, you know, they were a little disappointing last year. And it seems like when a lot of times when th- great things aren't expected from them, they do well. Um, but, again, Sean, you could have picked any of those three or four teams and made a good case for them winning the West. I, when I look at this season, though, Tom, as a conference – I am. This is the least confidence I have for the Big Ten to get a college football playoff spot. I just don't know enough about Ohio State. I know what Urban Meyer brought to the table. Um, you know, Michigan lost so many guys off that defense from a year ago. Penn State is going to be in a different situation. Um, Nebraska, Wisconsin. I mean, there's some teams, Iowa, but I, I just don't know if I see a playoff team in this conference heading into 2019. That would be three years in a row. And that would be incredible. But I, I probably would agree with you. Michigan, it looks like it's the pick of every pundit to win the Big Ten. Um, yes, they lost a lot on defense. Lost Higdon. Higdon. Uh, but they have quarterback Shea Patterson, of course. Maybe, uh, maybe the best wide receivers in the conference as well. Offensive line that's going to be improved too. So they've got their warts. They've got their issues in Ann Arbor. Uh, this isn't a make-or-break year for Jim Harbaugh. But, what, year five? Uh, it's time to, I guess, finally get yourself over the edge if you're ever going to do it in Michigan, especially when you consider what Ohio State's going through right now with Ryan Day, the new coach. He talked about the quarterbacks, too. So, yeah, Sean, I would agree with you. It doesn't look like on the surface the Big Ten may have a playoff team. Well, and I think if you played an eight-game conference schedule, it may be easier to get a playoff team. But when you do nine, it just – the parity shows even more. And I think that's why the SEC and the ACC don't want to do it because I think the parity – would show that much more. Teams like Alabama would just keep winning, but there would be a, just a mash of seven and five, eight and four teams if the SEC went to a nine-game schedule. Yeah, I think so. Uh, you're exactly right. It's too bad, you know, we can't have, you know, a more level playing field beginning with a similar scheduling structure for all the – Well, the money might get us there because the money the Big Ten's making, 
that's a lot of it due to the nine games. It is. It is. The TV network's like that, obviously. So we'll see what happens in the future there. Um, but you're right. Um, boy, that's not going to make the Big Ten office happy up there in Rosemont, Illinois, if the Big Ten is shut out of this playoff for a third year in a row. Maybe, we have all know this, maybe this will be an impetus for playoff expansion. Sean, I just wish that we could make it cut and dried. Win your conference, you're in the playoff. Don't leave it up to any committee to pick those. Win your conference, you're in the playoff, maybe pick one wild card team. Let a committee pick a wild card team. But again, if you're a conference champ of a Power 5 league, you should automatically be in a playoff. Because there's just so many differences around the country and you know, like Ohio State, though, I, we just don't know what Justin Field is going to bring. You know, talking to a lot of guys in the convention, I mean, our Roddy from Georgia and Kevin Noon from Ohio State, I mean, he sounds like the real deal, but, you know, we just haven't seen him play a 12-game schedule as a starter, and we don't know what Ryan Day is yeah. going to be like as a head coach. It kind of reminds me a little bit of Mark Helfrich replacing Chip Kelly or Frank Solich replacing Tom Osborne. It's extremely difficult to replace guys that meant what they meant to their programs, and that's what he's doing right now. Ron Zook replacing, uh, <laughs> you know, Urban Meyer at Florida as well. Um, tough to follow a legend. Again, Ryan Day, the jury still very much is out, like you said. Same for Justin Fields, a quarterback, uh, the transfer from Georgia. So we'll see. A lot of questions are looming. Plus, Ohio State has to go to Michigan this year as well. Uh, you know, while we're in the Big Ten East too, Sean, you mentioned Penn State earlier. That's a team to me that's a real wild card. Um, what's going to happen at quarterback? So, again, uh, that, I'm not saying they're going to fall off the map. But um, I don't, I'm not expecting much from Penn State, maybe 7-5. Well, and and the, the run-pass option they got from Trace McSorley at quarterback saved them. I mean, that I don't ever want to say that James Franklin was in trouble losing his job, but the seat was turned up on him a little bit there. And then McSorley just caught fire. And then obviously Saquon Barkley. Yeah. And, and James Franklin was looked completely different because of those two guys and what they meant. And I don't know where they're going to get that now next year. Yeah, I think it's going to be a year of transition. Um they're not going to contend in the East. The team to watch is Michigan State, I think. they got the best defense in the conference. Great defense last year. It's basically back. Um, offensively, I know they struggled. Um, Brian Lewerke, I think, will rebound. And uh, if they're at least average to above average on offense instead of miserable, that's the team, Sean, that maybe wins the East. And for Purdue, back to your guys that you're around, I mean – they could be anywhere from a six to eight win team. Is that kind of the thought right now? Yeah, I think six and six, uh, maybe seven and five, eight and four may be tough. Uh, you know, year three, still some roster issues, a couple areas for them on the offensive line, and then they have to get a pass rush without having to blitz. So, again, they've got their issues. Uh, but, again, Sean, probably a bowl team, not a Big Ten West contender, anywhere from six to eight wins. Well, Tom, it was great catching up with you in Atlanta. I enjoyed our walk, by the way, to Georgia Tech and uh, look forward to getting a chance to see you at Big Ten Media Days and later this year as well in West Lafayette. That's right, Sean. Always good seeing you, buddy. All right, much more to come here from the Husker Online Show.